welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. Thank you for being here, and I hope you had a beautiful full moon weekend and just been able to soak in this beautiful change and this beautiful transformation that nature is going through right now and this week we're going to talk about compassion which is so important and I have uh, Sofia Viotti with me she's a psychologist who's working in Sweden Uh, she has written two books about compassion stress and achievements And in her private practice, she meets clients with stress, anxiety, self-criticism and relationship problems. And she uses the method of compassion-focused therapy and ISTDP as well. And she runs different workshops and uh, in psychological sustainability and self-care at work. And she's so amazing and she in this episode she um, talks about her take on compassion and how you can use compassion in healing stress and anxiety depression sensitivities um, that that are blocking you and we talk about how meditation is an important part of this as well and how It's important to have healthy boundaries and really giving yourself compassion to and working really deeply, like not just talking about these uh, blocks or blockages that we have, but also like going into the body and feeling how it feels and doing exercises that works to heal these. So I think this is such a relevant uh, topic uh, with everything that is going on in the world, within us, around us. And yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I just want to also remind you all that I do have a YouTube account, a YouTube page where I share my meditations and, and also these episodes. So If you want to check it out, it's Love Positivism on YouTube and you can subscribe to just stay in touch. Sometimes we do uh, Instagram lives that I share there as well with videos. So um, yeah, and I hope you enjoy this. Please give me feedback. I'm so happy and grateful for everyone who leaves reviews or, or gives me feedback and shares the podcast. It really means everything to me. So thank you so much and enjoy. Hi, Sophia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy that you're here. And the first question for you is, how do you stay mindful and present? Um, I have, um, like, the last 
10 years or something uh, been doing a lot of like meditation and yoga and mindfulness training um but nowadays it's more like i do it in periods but um it has been so integrated in me so uh, i don't have always have to do a practice it's more like i'm uh, in one way always aware of things happening in me like what mm. my thoughts are or my feelings and what happens in my body so um, it's it's like I, I always have it with me um, and then of course sometimes I I listen more to it and sometimes uh, I'm maybe a bit too stressed so I, I ignore it but um um yeah so it, it differs some sometimes it's more like a, a practice i do meditation i do mindfulness training compassion training or yoga but mm. sometimes it's more like uh, it has to be with me mm. yeah that's beautiful and there are so many great tools also i think we discover new things all the time that we can do and practice so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, uh, has been really helpful for me because I am a person that is um, um, have quite a good discipline. So I mm. can go into some kind of practice and, and really do uh, what it's meant to, the way it's meant to be done. But for me, it's more helpful. And I have recognized it the last years that it's more helpful to experiment and uh, to be playful and sometimes have a more strict practice and sometimes uh, combine different practices and and um, just play with it a bit more mm. yeah I think that's the best thing to do also to find your own way and own practice and I'm yeah. really grateful that you're here uh, I think it would be so uh great if you would just share with the listeners who you are we've known each other for i think over a year now in yeah. through yoga and i would love for you to share with the listeners who you are and what you do yes of course uh i'm a, a clinical psychologist so i have my own uh, private practice and work with clients um and with two um, methods, it's compassion focused therapy and also ISTDP. So it is mm. um, uh, methods that are a lot focused on feelings and uh, your body and uh, your nervous system and, and um, to help yourself connect more with yourself and, and uh, have a lot of self-compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one thing I do and I also run a lot of workshops uh, before it was a lot um, in compassion focused therapy but now uh, the last um, year I have uh, done more and more workshops uh, in workplaces and um, helping people um, integrate self-care and psychological sustainability in uh, in the job they are mm. uh, doing so um, and I also have written two um, books 
uh, about mm-hmm. compassion and stress and uh, when people get a bit addicted to uh, achievements and performances and um, mm. so yeah that that's what i do that's amazing my first question that popped up when you were talking also is is how you like did you always know that this is the type of psychology that you wanted to work with or did you find that on your way like how did you get into this compassion based uh, psychology yeah i first uh, um i'm um my university studies was in cognitive behavior therapy um but for me i i lacked um, um the knowledge about more the feelings and the body and also um uh what can i say more of a a, a caring approach or more of a um, in one way, a spiritual or existential approach to it. So uh, during my studies, I um, began uh, reading uh, books about compassion-focused therapy and, and took classes in it. Um, so it was uh, it was a longing for something else and, and a deeper level um, that uh, brought me to that mm. method. And did you like on your journey on like it's you're uh having these these uh, type of i mean it's, it's studying at the un- university is also a lot of um it's a big commitment uh, did you experience in your own life that which led you into the interest of this like everything because we, we it's also very interesting that it's uh, very based around performance like everything we do always have to be performance and how did you if, have you did you experience that in your own life uh, yes i i think i have always been drawn to like doing things and have a lot of drive in my life mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it has been um, problematic and led to a lot of stress and and also uh, self-criticism because when you are really focused about things have to be really good or you have to uh, do a top performance, then it's so close with self-criticism mm. and judging yourself. Um, so for me, um, I had a lot of self-criticism in my life. And um, I think, yeah, of course, that was also a way into this method, mm-hmm. a way to to find ways to be more uh, compassionate with myself and, and also a longing to um, have more playfulness and and um, yeah, an, another kind of approach when you do things mm. that um, the focus doesn't have to be on uh, doing it uh, in a top performance way. It can more be uh, joyful and a way to experiment with it. Mm. Um, so for me, the last years, I can really see the things have... 
transformed in myself. I, I'm not at all that uh, critical and I um, enjoy um, performances and doing things in, in a total another way because it has been more playful and more about being in here and now and, and see what happens. Mm. And what, what shifted that for you? Um, it's, it's difficult to say exactly what it was because I think um, in one way when you, when you do uh, when you work with a method and you do a lot of uh, experimental ex- um, exercises and, and, and working with like your body and your emotions then I think uh, suddenly something shifts Mm. but you can't say exactly like with your logical mind what it was but um um, and i think that's that's so fantastic that you can in one way uh, trust the process that um, doing like meditations with uh, um, compassion exercises and taking in like pictures of being cared of or uh, doing meditations when you uh, visualize that you care for others. Um, after a while, things start to happen. Mm. Um, so, so I think it, um, it is that I have been doing exercises a long time and, and also a lot of self-reflection. And also... Uh, working with it with others mm. uh, to teach it and and uh, to work with clients and in that way uh, you like live the method uh, every day and that also helps me uh, with my attitude and and uh, what happens in my life mm. yeah and I think that uh, it's beautiful because most healers Uh, because what you're doing is also helping others to heal themselves right Mm. so all Mm. healers are doing that actually it's always self-healing but uh, all of us have experienced something where we want to help others also because we have experienced it ourselves and then maybe found a way to to work with it and heal it and then that's what's so beautiful because when you realize that you you might have experienced this also to learn it and to be able to help others maybe that's actually the purpose of that experience then it becomes so uh, beautiful the synchronicities uh, that you you can see so clearly so i think that's uh, yeah that's very common in in people who work with others um yeah yeah i agree with you and i think so the what is compassion in your mind uh yeah that that's an important question because um uh it has like different definitions in different methods but in compassion focused therapy you talk about it as a sensitivity to uh, suffering uh, in yourself and in others 
combined with a commitment to alleviate it and uh, also to prevent it. So um, uh, the commitment uh, part of it is really important that it is something you choose to do. Um, and if you put it in words, in more everyday words, it's about um, have the courage to get really close with what's difficult or what um, in ways you, you suffer or what's hard for you and um, really try to understand it, to, to care about yourself and then try to change things, to help yourself with it instead of uh, avoiding, instead of um, criticize yourself. Mm. So um, I think it is really what you need in, in all kind of work with yourself or in all kind of therapy, that you really need the courage to get close to what's difficult. Um, and that's also, uh, if you that's if you think about it in in self compassion, but also with compassion to others. Mm. If we are going to help others or doing some something good in the world, we also need to uh, have the courage to really look close to the the difficulties and and what's um, the suffering and uh, really have the motivation to do something about it. Mm. And how, so <clears throat> this, um, this uh, notion that you can use compassion to overcome maybe different st stressors in your life or achievements, wanting to achieve, like how do you apply that to, uh, compassion to it? Um, yeah, you can say that it is um, some uh, uh, steps you do. Like, uh, first, it is uh, that you need uh, an awareness mm. that you need to uh, stop the automatic thinking and stop your automatic behaviors and really uh, look into yourself and be aware of um, your body, your feelings, your thoughts. And um, and then see like what kind of difficult patterns do I automatically uh, get into, and uh, the next step is to understand it, uh, understand it both like okay, it is um, this is a typical pattern for all human beings to to feel uh, stress in different situations or to have the, um, uh, the need to um, get really pleasurable things and, and that kind of things, to understand it in a, a human way, but also to, to uh, understand uh, your own history. Like, why do I run into this? Uh, kind of patterns what has happened in my childhood that um, have uh, that makes these patterns uh, my typical patterns and then uh, the next step to to um, choose how do I want to help myself with this 
Can I experiment it with it? Can I do things in a different way? Mm. And uh, it, it can, uh, when you look at it, it can um, uh, looks like it's uh, is a simple way. Uh, but to be able to do all these steps, you you need to uh, practice mindfulness, and you need to practice being understanding to yourself um, so so it often needs a lot of training to be able to do those uh, steps mm-hmm. and in compassion focused therapy we have a lot of exercises to help with that exercises to be mindful but also exercises to um, be able to calm your nervous system Um, Because when you are in a lot of threat mode or a lot of drive, then then your behaviors and your thoughts are really automatic and you you run into stress and you run into problematic drive behaviors and things. So often the first thing you need to do is to be able to calm yourself and to also put yourself in a... Uh, feeling of safeness Mm. so we also have a lot of exercises to help with that Mm. and that's really interesting because the this cft uh, Mm. maybe i saw it on your website it's also based in eastern i mean there are there exercises that come from eastern traditions of meditation is that right yes yes yeah so so it's a mix, like how, how do you use these, because you do practice yoga and, and these uh, type of pra- mindfulness practices, you use, mm. so you use kind of the same with your clients to, to integrate both the psychology part and the mindfulness part. Yes, and you can also do uh, uh, body exercises to... Mm connect to um, calmness but also to connect with a strength in yourself because we know that uh, the way you move your body and the way you like sit and stand that affects your feelings and your thoughts mm. so often people that are like anxious or depressed you can often see that uh, on their body and um, people often try when they are trying to change their mood, they try to think about things and um, mm. uh, they, sometimes they try to like change their feelings, but that's really, really difficult. But the thing you always can do in any kind of situation is to change the way uh, you have your body. You can always like uh, sit more straight up and connect with um, body postures that are more connected with strength or with calm and you can um, always work with your breathing and and um, doing that kind of things to help yourself switch to another mood state mm. yeah. Um, yeah so so uh, compassion focused therapy has a lot of um, of exercises that come from especially Buddhist psychology. Mm. Um, 
so so it um, you can say that CFT integrates mm. like yeah, that kind of practices, but it also integrates um, different kind of modern uh, psychology methods, mm. and so it's really an integrative method. Mm. It's very holistic, and I yeah. think it's sometimes therapy that is talking can be very good i mean when you're sharing something your brain can change when you when you're sharing and talking about something maybe something that you usually don't talk about and you don't get an objective view on it so that's great and then it's really great to have that embodiment of of what it means to to ground yourself to find that compassion so it's great to use all tools because then you as we said like different practices are great for for different purposes and and some practices are maybe uh, work better for some people when it comes to doing something with the body um we yeah, yeah. and 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 the problem with a lot of therapists um, today is that they are too focused on talking mm. Uh, but what we know is that for big changes to happen, you need to be, um, emotions need to come up mm. in the therapy room. Mm. And of course, sometimes that happens when people talk about things, but often people just sit and talk and they can intellectually understand things about themselves. But um nothing really changes on an emotional level and um, sometimes they they change things in their behaviors but uh, some weeks later they go back to their old old patterns mm. so we can see that in in therapies that work more with emotions and with um, what happens in the body that often the changes last longer i can totally see that it's it's so uh, valuable to work with the body because otherwise we also get it d- disattached because we're already in our head, like we, we're yeah. putting words into it. But there, there are so many layers also. So maybe in one session you get into one layer, but then you have to go deeper and it takes a lot. Of, I mean, everything is energy. So when when you're talking, okay, you're creating a certain frequency, but then... When you go deeper, you you need to. That's why I mean, dancing can be therapeutic or mm. singing. It's like yeah. you tap into a different frequency, and I think it's yeah, it sounds like a great way to do that. And I you mentioned both anxiety and depression, and I think many people walk around and don't know really what they're feeling, and um, it can sound so. Sometimes when we think about these two. We think it's like really extreme states mm. where you, you're mm. like incapable. But often a lot of us walk around and have a little, like we have, it's more of a scale or like a, yeah. like a different degrees of it. But you're not aware which in therapy can come up also. So maybe just like how, how what, what, what's the difference between these two and how, how can they manifest maybe in, in simple ways in life. Yeah, 
absolutely. I, I agree with you that a lot of people walk around with uh, like anxiety and stress and, and um, feeling down and, and depressed. And uh, as you say, they, they're not really aware of it because it has become so normal. Maybe they have been like that all their life. And, and sometimes uh, uh, you also get the message that you need to accept having anxiety or you just have to tolerate it. But to see that anxiety or depressive states are not uh, something that is, what can I say? It's not um, a, a normal or healthy way uh, to have that kind of modes almost always mm. you can have it like when something extreme happens but if you walk around with it uh, every day then um, it's sad mm. to to have to have it that way and i uh, i really recommend people then to to um, try to seek help to to uh, work with it mm. um, because often I, I meet people that they describe things like always being really tense mm. or um, having a problem with their uh, stomach often or have a lot of headache or uh, being a bit dizzy in, in situations and all that kind of things are uh, stress symptoms or anxiety symptoms mm. um, so uh, um, and, and when you think about depressive states that's um, more when you often like feel a bit down or when you feel uh, lack of energy or um, when you often walk around feeling a bit sad mm. Because that's all also something that um, people misunderstand that sadness and depression isn't the same. So when you feel sad about something, uh, that's a, a healthy feeling. And all healthy feelings, they go up and then they go down some minutes later or some seconds later. Mm. But and often you also feel when you feel sad, you feel more connected with things and you can feel um, released and it can feel really calm afterwards. But more depressive feelings, then you feel more tired, you feel more like you're isolated from others, that you can feel alone and it's often combined with really negative thoughts and self-criticism and things. Mm. Uh, and both of those uh, states are, um, you can say that it's uh, consequences uh, from when you don't, um, when you're not connected with your, um, with your feelings. Mm. So, so, um, you you are in situations which triggers anger or uh, which triggers sadness or um, uh, guilt or uh, positive feelings but sometimes you have learned that those kind of feelings aren't safe to feel mm -hmm. so instead when those po um, triggers in you 
then you instead feel anxious or and you feel scared of them and then you then you start to avoid them mm. and when you avoid your feelings um, they instead go into anxiety and depression and and relationship problems and things like that yeah that's really interesting and so important both to to understand these um and i've also heard that like depression is almost like uh energetically staying in the past and anxiety is like trying to change the future so it's like we're we're trying to move through timelines but not realizing Mm -hmm. that we're here all the time we're here in the present Yeah. yeah so it's really interesting and i'm also thinking about um we, because I, I have this interest, uh, I've, I've had uh, other uh, guests talk about this. I, I really wanted to hear from your perspective about uh, highly sensitive uh, people or person, uh, mm-hmm. HSP, because the highly sensitive <clears throat> is usually someone that is uh, really what I've understood can be prone to, to feeling these things because it's very, things can become very overwhelming quite fast uh, because there's so many, especially in the fast-paced life and, and this, these, there's a lot of demands and uh, yeah, all of this that maybe with time becomes more and more difficult uh, do you do you work with that that type of uh, take personality trait actually? Uh, yeah, I think about uh, highly sensitive um, patterns as like a combination of uh, the the what people are uh, born with, like mm. a temperament, and mm. like that. Pe- some people are more. Uh, sensitive and some people have easier to to have a lot of feelings and things but often in with those people you also can see uh, that they have been uh, things has happened in their childhood Mm. and it it hasn't it doesn't have to be like big traumas Um, often it is more about how your emotions have been met uh, from your parents mm. if they have been really uh, open for all your emotions have been able to guide you have been uh, safe themselves and and um, been a- able to regulate their own feelings and your feelings mm. so uh, often you can see that there has been a lack uh, of that kind of um, uh, caring mm. um, for those people, so um, you you um, uh, you get patterns in yourself where you you um, get really really sensitive, and that you you try to uh, or it it has been more automatic when you when you are. Um, an adult that you mm. uh, 
um, feel other people's feelings and you, you see other people's reactions. But when you are a child, it is more like you have trained yourself in that, mm. uh, always being like aware of uh, uh, your father's reactions or your mother's reactions to uh, adjust yourself to that. So it's like a pattern that you have trained all your life. Mm. And, and then you, your whole like nervous system gets more sensitive so, of course, then you are more sensitive to other people and their reactions, but also to, uh, like, uh, stress around you or to uh, when you are in a situation with a lot of stimulus and, and things. Mm. Um, so, often for those people, um, it is helpful to... Mm find ways and exercises to help yourself to calm down and, and be more feel more safe and not going around in a, a kind of threat system um, but also to work a lot with your um, with feelings that uh, maybe not feels allow, allowed to have like anger and um, be able to um, when you connect with with your healthy anger it's easier to be able to uh, protect yourself and um, set uh, limits and not um, not feel the other others people's feelings and reactions all the time um, mm. Mm, yeah, and I think that's also goes into like we also talk about empaths, which is more also on the energetic level. Those that because you can see there's different ways that we take in the situations of others uh, mm. into our own being. So um, <clears throat> I think when you have a little bit more intuitive and um, psychic openness, you also um, need to practice uh, like compassion and self-care a lot because yeah. uh, it, it's tough to carry everything from all around you. Yeah. And to recognize also what, 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 what is my feelings right now and what are the other person's feelings. Yes. But that's, yeah, it's really about creating that environment. Sometimes it's hard because if you're at a job where you're with people that um, feel different things, you you don't have that much of a choice but to work with yourself to uh, also have that compassion for yourself and for the other person to um, not get exhausted or get into that too much and I, I'm also thinking about in in re relationships mm. um, sometimes there are uh, high expectations uh, there can be relationships that are not all types of relationships where there's not clear boundaries like how do you see that often also like in the in the clients that you meet that there there's like it's boundaryless it like you melt into uh, 
other people around you and that creates like this lack of compassion and self-care yeah a lot of people um question their own feelings and their own needs and have uh, uh, a lot of focus on uh, other people and their needs Mm. and um, sometimes that uh, you confuse that with having a lot of compassion for for other people but um, Mm. uh, what what it's more like when when you um, have a lot of focus on others but not focus on yourself often that's more driven from anxiety and uh, fear of if I'm not there for everybody else then I will be Mm. alone so Mm. for it to be like real compassion you you Mm. also need to have a lot of uh, compassion for yourself and be uh, like what you say clear about like this is my feelings and this is my needs and I Mm. uh, have the right to have them and then I also can see a need in the other person and have a genuine wish to help that person Mm. so so that kind of compassion isn't like anxiety driven it's more uh, yeah compassion driven um Mm. so because if you if you all the time focus on other people's needs and and forget your own um that that is like the road to to get to burnout and and to um, you're not uh, um, often that doesn't lead to like healthy relationships and often you you go to depression or a lot of anxiety after a while Mm. yeah yeah that's really important to work with yourself and with your relationship to others and the world so it's constantly an evolution and new new situations and people always arise so there will always be something more to learn yeah. <laughs> about yourself about life and everything i think that's great and have i have we covered everything that you wanted to share have i missed anything is there anything in your work that is do you think is important for the listeners to hear right now um i think it's important to think about that um you you can do a lot on your own that you don't have to that not everyone needs to go to therapy and, and really work with things that way. It's um, you can do a lot of like self practice with yoga or mindfulness or compassion training uh, and mm. self reflection. And it's more when you when you feel that you get stuck and and you maybe you can uh, be aware of like. Um, there is some something uncomfortable in me and I can see it but I don't know what to do about it then uh, mm. then it's really a help to to uh, seek a psychologist or uh, some therapist but um, mm. it's also really um, it's really fun and it's um, it's a joy also to 
to work with yourself uh, because often you when you talk about these kind of things it it can um you talk about so many difficult things and uh, it's anxiety and depression and but it's also mm. something healthy uh, even if you you not um, have a lot of self criticism or or anxiety it's also something healthy like going to the gym to uh, work with mm. yourself because for all of us uh, the way our brain works they uh, we are so it's so easy for us to be um, uh, triggered by things and to go into negative thoughts and to self-critical thoughts. So uh, it's really helpful for everyone to work with themselves. Yeah, definitely. There's so much to learn and to grow from. So I think it's really great and yeah, I love everything that you shared. And how do you, if someone wants to work with you, like how, how does it, do you do it online, offline? Uh, yeah, I, I work uh, both uh, online and also uh, at my private practice in Stockholm in Sweden. Um, but mm. now with the COVID situation, uh, it has opened up mm. a lot of... Uh, uh, also positive opportunities to work more mm. online both with clients but also uh, running workshops uh, so yeah. that's um, that's really nice to be able to yeah. be more flexible exactly I think that's great to to open up and we're also meeting people that we might not have met because usually things were like offline so now and we're going more online it's it's great that we can connect like that so i want to thank you so much it was so great to talk to you and thank you for sharing everything that uh yeah that you do and i've learned so much from you thank you for having me thank you so much for listening i hope this episode will help you to discover a deeper part of yourself and your compassion and how you can use compassion to truly heal yourself and um, I really love this conversation if you have anything you want to connect with Sophia about or just uh, yeah reach out to her you have all of her links in the show notes and if you leave a review and rating on iTunes I always do a free oracle card reading um, for you. So just connect with me on Instagram if you do leave a review. So let's take a deep breath in together, in through the nose. And exhale out through the mouth. And namaste.